Welcome to another podcast with us here at Jackson & Peck Financial Group. I'm Christian Jackson, and on this podcast, the discussion will be about cybersecurity and protecting information on your personal devices, such as your computer and phone. I'm fortunate to be joined by John Looney. John is an information technology professional who has been in the industry since 1997. Over his career, uh, he has supported everything from desktop PCs, databases, audiovisual technologies, security, networks, and mobile devices. He is a certified community bank technology officer and has most recently completed the CompTIA CASP Plus. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, certifying him in IT security. And outside of IT, John is a Rotarian, Blackhawk College trustee, and Abilities Plus board member. And, and John and I actually um, went to high school together. He's a couple years ahead of me, but I've gotten to know John um, a lot better through, we both serve on uh, our local Rotary Club and then as trustees at Blackhawk College together. And that's where I had kind of came up with the idea of having him on here as a guest. Um, we're on a, a committee together. We kind of talked in and out about this topic. So I'm, um, I'm tapping him for his uh, expertise uh, here. So I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, currently, John works as the IT Services Manager at Union Federal Savings and Loan to help prevent fraud and making community banking more accessible to everyone. Uh, John and I are both in the financial services industry where our respective institutions provide us with much of the needed security measures and software uh, to keep us secure with, you know, which is of utmost importance since we're dealing with other people's money and their personal info. However, much of this conversation will be focused on the average person just using their personal devices whom likely need to be more proactive to ensure the same safety measures are met. So let's go ahead and dive in here with uh, some questions. So John, for the, the average Joe out there on their personal computer, what's the most common mistake you see from the standpoint of making um, them an easy target to a hacker or having their device compromised? And then what's some simple thing they could do or a good habit that that person, you know, they can consistently do to protect themselves? Wow, well, um, I would like to tell you that I wish there was like one silver bullet I could just recommend, but realistically, the number one thing that comes to my mind to help keep you safer online is use multi-factor authentication, or what's commonly referred to as MFA on all of your accounts. When you use MFA, uh, it requires you to put in your username, then your password, and then usually a third factor, which can be either like a text message, it could be a challenge question, or now you've seen a lot of authenticator apps that come up and have you put in like a six digit number that randomly changes over you know 30 seconds to a minute. It makes it a lot more safe because if your username and password are stolen by a hacker or someone like that, then uh, they, the fraudsters don't have that last factor, that third factor. So either the, you know, they don't have your cell phone, hopefully, or that third factor that lets them in. Um, Chris, Christian, as well as you're probably well aware, uh, MFA has been a huge standard for the financial services and banking for a long time. Uh, however, in the realms of Twitter, Facebook and stuff, you know, some of these services, it's still optional, uh, which is one way that people's Facebook can get hacked. Um, now, I do understand that having MFA is an extra step. People really don't like it, but really it helps keep your information safe online. Okay, great. And, and let's say that I bought a brand new device. Say I bought a brand new um, computer or laptop to have at home. Um, 
and maybe I didn't have any antivirus or firewall software, you know, what would you recommend and why? So if you, if you got something that didn't have anything on it, so part of a little bit of the good news today is that Windows and Mac OS come with some basic firewalls and some, and some basic antivirus. Just keep in mind that they're basic. So they're usually not good enough to keep everybody safe on a regular basis. So here's where it kind of gets kind of funny because I typically don't make official recommendations and such, but I'll tell you what, let's just talk a little bit about my home setup. So on my home network, I use something called Eero Wireless. Um, it's an access point you can buy on Amazon. Uh, they're very easy to set up. The wireless on them is, is very good. We've had you know good reviews in our house, especially with my daughter who's uh, constantly playing YouTube and doing Snapchat. Um, but realistically, they come with something called, something you can purchase called AeroSecure Plus. Secure Plus combines advanced network security, gives you some ad blocking and some content filters some app locking um, as well, and the ability to install and download stuff that are an antivirus called Malwarebytes on your systems. I really like it because it adds an extra layer at the edge of your network and also provides security for your computer as well. Okay, great. So uh, let's say I go on a work trip to a conference and I'm staying in a hotel. And that evening, want to get caught up on some work or some emails, and my plan is to connect to the free Wi-Fi provided by the hotel so thumbs up thumbs down <laughs> what you know what would you recommend as far as the plan of action goes well does your plan of action include changing your passwords in some of your accounts when you're done mm, not likely not likely yeah. okay in that case what I would probably tell you is uh, connecting to the hotel Wi-Fi is probably a bad idea and the reason it's a bad idea is it's poorly secured just think about this for a second you're staying at let's just say a hotel of a chain and that is hotel is in um, Kewanee, Illinois, or something like that. You know, they the hotel chains have a lot of different uh, networks to secure, but guest Wi-Fi usually isn't one of those that they spend a lot of time on. On top of that, a hacker can put up a duplicate network which looks just the same as the hotel network, and they can even make a few changes with the wireless to entice your device to connect to it over the regular hotel Wi-Fi. So if you you know look at your hotel Wi-Fi, if you have multiple um, networks that look the same, that's probably what could be going on there. Now that's just one instance where um, hackers can do that with. Once you log on to the hacker's duplicate Wi-Fi, if you were to do that, all your traffic is now going through the hacker's device, which means they can see everything and they know everything that you're doing. What I always recommend is, if you can, use a wireless hotspot that when you're on the road. Many smartphones, like mine, I have an iPhone here, it has an option to enable a mobile hotspot. Um, if, you knew, if not, I'd look into buying a mobile hotspot or looking at you know, a mobile hotspot from your local wireless provider or seeing if your cell phone's cellular data um, will support it while you're there. Okay, great. That's good info on the duplicate network. Although, if I'm taking a work trip and staying in a hotel in Kewanee, Illinois, I may have bigger problems I need to address. So. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's say like my iPhone, the latest one I got has facial recognition. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you know is available for desktop or a laptop computer? Well, the bad news is if you have a Mac, the short answer is no. While Apple has stated they're working on it to bring it to the platform, uh, they can't quite fit into the systems yet. Is what they're what they're telling everyone. Uh, I imagine it will occur, you know, at some point in time. Uh, especially people have shown that they want it, but right now it's not there for Mac users. 
However, for Windows users, there is Windows Hello, uh, which is will do pretty much the same thing as what you're asking. However, there's one little catch. You have to find the system which is compatible with Windows Hello, and it has supporting hardware like an IR camera in order to make the facial recognition work. So what I'd say is it's, it's out there for Windows users, but I wouldn't say it's readily available or widespread at this point. Gotcha, okay. Um, something that I think a uh, little more timely here, uh, so much of the workforce obviously during COVID and now post pandemic are working from home either permanently or at least a few days a week still. Um, this is especially true for a lot of the white collar careers out there. Um, what new challenges have been brought forth with this transition from a IT security standpoint? I'm, I'm really glad you asked this question. In short, there's a lot, but let me just go over a few hot topics. One of the biggest things we found out is segmenting your work devices from all your home devices. Now keep in mind when you're working from home, you've got a family, you know how it is. You, you've probably, I'm guessing you've probably got a doorbell cam, maybe a PlayStation, maybe a couple smart TVs, maybe even a few smart light switches or something like that. Smart speaker, something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous on what Alexa knows, but yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, keep in mind, all those devices I mentioned connect to the internet, and a lot of them don't really have the best security profile, uh, and they likely don't get security updates often, if at all. Uh, so hackers have found it really easy to hack into a home device, take control over it, and then use it to launch an attack on your work laptop. Once they gain access there, your corporate network is their next target. So one way you've got to combat this is to have your work devices on a separate network from the rest of your home devices. A great way that I do this is at home, I use my Eero access point and I set up a Eero guest network. Now the advantage of using this guest network is it isolates every device from one another. So my work laptop just talks straight out to the internet, which is what you want to have because it can't connect to anything else internally. Or let's say my daughter brings a friend over and she, her friend connects to the guest wireless. Her device can't talk to my work laptop. It just goes straight out to the internet. So that is one of the largest things there. Um, keep in mind that when you do that and you have a guest network like that, that all your home devices can still sit in your home network and it's just fine, it, but it doesn't bother your work laptop or anything like that. So, but let me go on to for something else just real quick, which is some other challenges that you really have from working from home are slowness, connection consistency, and sometimes even remote support. If you work from home and you don't have fiber internet connection, I'd highly suggest looking into it if it's available. Uh, it makes work from home, a work from home scenario much, much smoother. Okay, great. Um, and we kind of already uh, were bouncing around this question a little bit anyways with uh, some of your previous answers, but um, we know that scans and hacker tactics are very fluid, always changing. What are some of the most recent scams or methods out there that maybe you know we should be made aware of or, or maybe something that the average person isn't familiar with yet? So something other than, let's say, the usual tech support scam or the IRS scam? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a problem. As the old adage goes in our industry, fraud never goes away, it only shifts. Um, all these scams have one thing in common. They try to just basically coerce people into doing what the scammer wants. Either by manipulating them or just or what they're doing right now is just bullying people on the phone. One of the worst I've seen is a scammer who will call someone on the phone, most of the time an elderly person, 
they'll try a variety of the usual scams, either the tech support scam, tell the, that their grandkid needs uh, bail money, or tell them they need to pay a fine, or they'll go to jail. Next is where it takes a really dark term in my, turn, in my opinion. The scammer will stay on the phone with the person, oftentimes yelling at them, bullying them, and giving them specific instructions not to talk to the police, telling the right things to say to their bank, telling the right things to say to their relatives, and more. They keep calling the victim, verbally abusing them, and trying to get as much money as they can from them. But the worst part is, once the victim realizes they've been taken, sometimes their pride kicks in, they try to hide it from everyone. Well, now, I can't blame them, it's basic human nature. Uh, but one of the best things to do if you're a victim of your scam, contact your bank immediately. They should have procedures in place to be able to help you, and they should do it without judgment. So some preventive measures are also paying attention to your caller ID. If you don't have caller ID, uh, I would suggest it. Um, if you don't know the number, don't pick up the phone. Um, also, having a good relationship with your community bank to ask questions and knowing it's just okay to hang up on people are some good things. Good, okay. Some good basic common sense stuff there. I, I like that. Um, all right, so one of my biggest pet peeves, and I'm assuming I'm not the only one here, um, would be spam or junk mail. You know, somehow it slips through my inbox and, you know, I have to waste my time deleting, reporting, blocking, unsubscribing, etc. Um, or maybe it's already in my junk, but the only way to unsubscribe is I would then have to move it into my inbox. You know, what recommendations do you have? What's my best plan of action here? Well, first off, you're not the only one who has, <laughs> who, who doesn't like spam. Uh, I know this is showing my age, but I remember a time we didn't have spam. It was a long, long time ago. The internet was super slow and well, l let's just move on, really. So unbelievably, some of the spam that's sent to you is hoping that you'll actually click the unsubscribe link at the bottom. When you do that, what happens is they know that your address is live and instead of unsubscribing, what you've done is you just add more spam to your inbox. The best thing to do is to send it to your junk mail if you don't want it. If you find a legit email and you want to subscribe to it, always go up to the top. Make sure you check the email address, not just the name displayed. So if it says up there, Jackson Peck Financial, make sure you look at it and say, see it's a real email address from one of you, for example. Um, so that's always good. Or you know any other, any other brand or something else you might be looking for. Uh, but overall, I'd recommend you using a junk mail folder. It's really for the best. Gotcha. All right, um, we spend much of our, you know, so far we've talked a lot about computers. You know what I mean, desktop mm -hmm. computer, laptop computer, um, traditionally what we think of, but, um, you know, we spend probably way more time on our cell phones. So um, any unique concerns there that are different as far as security measures go that we haven't already discussed in regards to our cell phones? Well, one of the things we really haven't discussed is we haven't discussed passcodes on your phone. The number one thing is keep a complex password on your phone. And when I'm talking about a complex password, I'm talking about something that's numbers, letters, and even sometimes if you if you want to do it, special characters. One thing to keep in mind is a four-digit passcode can be cracked in less than five minutes using modern technology. However, use a complex, complex password with, like I mentioned, letters, numbers, special characters, then the time needed to crack that code if your cell phone comes out of your hand goes into the realm of many, many years. Another thing is make sure that you know your Apple or Google account password in your head. In case you lose your cell phone, you can log on, you can disable it, potentially uh, wipe it, or potentially find it. 
Uh, also, make sure you back up your mobile device because if you lose it and you got to resource up, it makes it a lot easier. Okay, great. Yeah, big difference between five minutes and many, many years. Exactly. <laughs> um, John, I do appreciate your time and your expertise. Um, and thanks a bunch to those of you listening in. Be sure to follow us on all major social media outlets and visit our website at jacksonpeckfg.com. If you have any comments, feedback, or something to add, please definitely reach out. Um, also, we're always looking for ideas on future podcast topics. So if you have one, shoot us a quick email. We'd love to hear from you guys. Christian Jackson is a registered representative of and offers securities through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. And Daryl Peck is an investment advisor representative of and offers securities and investment advisory services through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member, member FINRA SIPC, Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. We are located at 121 South Main Street, Kewanee, Illinois, 61443, phone number 309-761-8139.